0: See that Bears game last week? Yeah, hell of a game, hell of
1: a game. It's time for Dan Durkin's Nerd Notes. You are a huge
2: nerd. With Waddle and Sylvie. Bears
3: got a great
1: team this year. Oh, they're going to go all the way. A thorough dive into the All-22 Coaches tape. If you want to get all nerdy
0: and all geeky on it. Check out Durkin's YouTube channel, the All-22 Review. Film breakdown of the Chicago Bears. Oh! Now. Follow Dan Durkin on Twitter at DJ Durkin.
2: Get those nerds!
0: Nerd Notes Nerd on ESPN Nerd. 1000.
3: Let's be honest. The soundbite... No, bite, let's not be honest. It's a great soundbite from planes, trains, and automobiles. The Bears got a great team this year. They're going, going all, all the way. way. Just watch that right before Christmas. I know, and I just watched it like a couple days before you
1: watched and it. And you were not nearly as moved by it as I was. No. you know, I kind of like, meh. No, I, it's, it's got yeah. everything, though. It's got humor. It's got, you know, it's a kind of a, it, it, it touches good. your heart. Yeah, yeah it's, it's got a kind of a, a the, redemption. Tugs at the heartstrings. Yeah. yeah. I just, You're I'm just a, a, a cold, con, cold having, man. having not
3: watched it in probably 15, 20 years and then going back, it's solid. But
1: well, nobody suggested it was going to win an Academy I, Award. I, I'm but just saying, I just like, think like it was you was know, It's, I don't know. I, just, I found a lot of John Candy's work to be touching. I love John Candy. I'm not, don't. Put words in my mouth. I love John Candy. You, what your words were? Eh, eh, if that's a word. You were eh, eh, eh.
3: solid. Anyway, what I was saying though is that that is a a, a classic moment. Those aren't pillows. However, let's be honest. That soundbite is not apropos of this bear season. Yeah, they're not going all the way. Which has been abysmal. They are now three and thirteen on the season. They've lost nine in a row, and last Sunday might have been the worst all year. Would you agree with that?
1: Uh, yes, in right. fact, I I watched almost the full three quarters of the game, and I was done. I would have rather watched planes, trains, and automobiles. Yeah, I mean Again. seriously, like I went back to look at some stuff, and yeah, and it was just so bad. I I stopped watching after three quarters. That's when I said, you know, to you guys via the text, like I would have pulled Justin out of the game at that point because the learning had stopped at that point. There yeah. was nothing to learn behind that line, and in the. The you know, how that game was going. So So on
3: that note, let's bring in Dan Durkin, who joins Waddle and Sylvie every Thursday at this time. Jeff Meller in for Sylvie today, who's on vacation this week. Durkin, what did you think of what you saw this past Sunday? (laughs) Was it the worst one you've seen all year, you think?
0: It was. It was the most painful to watch, and Happy New Year, by the way, guys. Same to Um, you, Dan. To me, this was, in some ways, uh, this is going to sound strange, kind of encouraging in the sense that, hey, if you look at what the Lions did over the last couple years under Brad Holmes, it's like if you can get it right and they got it right with early picks, you said that the Bears aren't going all the way, they might be going all the way to the top of the draft board. And I think the Lions can prove to you that, hey, that that matters. Because if you look at what Panay Sewell has done for their offensive line and then on the flip side, the guy was just – so over, you know, it's like, it's like over the moon watching this, Aiden Hutchinson yes. is like the real deal Holyfield because I've never seen this year somebody be able to stay with Justin laterally. And so I think that the Lions' plan from a schematic standpoint was contain rush. They wanted to make Justin and squeeze Justin in the pocket and make him beat them as a passer. So you saw a lot of those upfield before the defensive ends were turning in. But Hutchinson's just so powerful and he's so quick – he was able to get around that end you know quite often and even when the bears tried to go to their boot scheme where justin's been able to outrun guys to the perimeter Hutchinson was Hutchinson was kind of staying with him so this is all a long-winded way to say look if you start to build in the trenches which is just this game put it on display more than any other for me you need to make sure that you you know obviously find those anchors on both sides of the the, the line because now Aiden Hutchinson has completely changed the complexion, the complexion of this defense, and then Panay Sewell has turned... Yeah. Guys, is there, can you name four better offenses in the NFL than the Detroit Lions right now? And it's Hard crazy to believe, for me isn't to it? Say that. Yeah. Right, exactly, but it all comes back to the fact that they've prioritized their offensive line, they have a, a very nasty approach to how they want to win football games, and I think that their offensive coordinator, Ben Johnson, will be a head coach in the NFL, if not next year, the year after, and so I think in some ways it was some. Somewhat encouraging to think. Look, in just two very short years, some shrewd moves by the GM has put the Lions in a really nice position.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's no question. The kid Houston, the the rookie out of Jackson State, oh goodness, is, is yeah. a fantastic play a player as well. I, it, it has like I like the plan. It's a matter of like that's why we got into the the exercise yesterday, Dan, of of kind of grading, passing out grades. The demolition part of this is it's the right thing. And you do get credit for that because the the previous regime was reluctant to do it. They had a different mindset. The demolition part of this whole thing is easy. The reconstruction or the rebuilding is different. Where are you at confidence wise that they can do some of the same things that you just acknowledge that the Lions have been able to do, albeit not in one year, but over the series of a couple of years?
0: Yeah, I, I think that, that more than anything, this is uh, a, you know like a two and a, you know like it's some change rebuild. There's no chance when you uh, compare the needs of this team and how acute the needs are on the on the lines on both sides. And then you start to think about, well, what about a number one wide receiver? And what about a potential replacement at running back? Because David Montgomery might leave via free agency. And what about another cornerback? And what about two linebackers? And what about a brand new defensive line? Mm-hmm. You know, it just, there's no chance. That I, you, can, you can talk to me, you know, about how much cap uh, money that the Bears have. It doesn't matter. That's going to go quickly because they have to make some decisions on some internal pieces that I think they're going to want to keep, like Jalen Johnson and, you know, Darnell Mooney, people like that. So that that money is going to go quickly, but this is multi-year in terms of how it needs to be done. But now the imbalance of this is you know, most teams kind of build, like, the trenches and all the pieces around them, and the quarterback's the last bit that they drop in. Just like the Chiefs did, that they had all the infrastructure, and they had a quarterback that was kind of okay in Alex Smith, but they're like, look, if we get something dynamic here, we're, we're cooking. The Bears are kind of in a flip, where I think that they have their quarterback. They just don't have any of the infrastructure around him. So now you're confident that Justin's going to be your guy. I think he still needs to go a long ways as a passer, but I, you guys know how I feel about Justin as, as a prospect and where he's going to go. But I, I think that this needs to be priority one. I know everybody's like, they need to get a number one wide receiver. You can't complete passes laying flat on your back. So you need to be able to comfortably sit in the pocket like Jared Goff did against the Bears, find guys that are going to keep him upright, find guys that on the flip side are going to put pressure on quarterbacks and then start adding those other pieces. And that's not to say that wide receiver isn't an acute need. It is. But to me, when I evaluate this team, they are so deficient across the line of scrimmage on both sides. There's no way you can convince me that they shouldn't prioritize offensive and defensive line first and foremost and second and third when it comes to okay. rebuilding. This.
1: Uh, Dan, you feel that way. I feel and that here. way. Meller feels that way, that you have found your quarterback now – be better picking linemen and, and, and receivers and guys around him. Are you 100% convinced that Ryan Poles feels that way? Because there's a chance, as you mentioned, they could have the number one overall selection. Justin wasn't his draft pick. Do you believe that there is a small percentage, that there is a chance that this staff that didn't select him may fancy one of the other guys that's available early in this draft?
0: I don't think so. I, I really don't. Cause I think that you just make that, that you, you add a very long tail to your plan. If you do that, if, if that makes sense, like, you know, next, now, all of a sudden you, you create this, I think this locker room is really behind him, Tom, and I I, I, the locker room could look way different. So it, maybe it doesn't matter because half the new guys are going to come in are going to be different. But I, I, there's no doubt in my mind that that Justin is a guy that you want to build around. He's been a warrior behind a terrible offensive line, throwing to you know second and third rate and fourth rate players on the outside. He battles. He's worked through injuries. He's clearly um, been able to establish himself as a dynamic playmaker in the NFL. He's still still not a dynamic passer in the NFL, so that's one of the big clicks. But again, these things all work together. He doesn't have the the pieces around him to do that, but he needs to take immense strides there. But I'd say there's no chance that he is going to entertain the idea of getting another um, quarterback because I think that this is your opportunity, this tank that you had, and nobody will actually call it that, but that's what's going on here you now have put yourself in a position where you can be the recipient of a Mitch Trubisky trade or a Trey Lance trade or a Carson Wentz trade. And now all of a sudden, we talked about that imbalance between the needs that they have and the resources available. Well, if you have two first-round picks next year and two first-round picks the year after that, you're cooking, and everything's much different. So I think that this is a perfect opportunity to say Justin's our guy we're going to start creating the infrastructure around him. And if we're so fortunate to find a trade partner, we're going to parlay this, you know, like, woeful season into what we can think to be, you know, draft capital for the next two, three, four seasons. Yeah.
3: Dan Durkin joining us here in Waddle, and Sylvie Miller in for Sylvie today. Dan, is there anything, it doesn't have to be just this past Sunday, but is there any player who over the last month or so has kind of established themselves as somebody you think the Bears can actually use as a serviceable piece going forward that maybe we weren't anticipating coming to this season outside of the obvious? Of course, we've all been encouraged by what we've seen from Justin Fields, but is there somebody maybe on the offensive line or in the front seven on defense that they can look at and say that's a, that's a worthwhile building block?
0: You know, I think that obviously a big, big fan of Tevin Jenkins. I'm a little concerned about durability now because you've seen that maybe he just needs the offseason to get his head and his body right for next year. But a big, big fan of what I've seen in, in Tevin in terms of. Um, not only just being like a piece or a guy, like, if he gets his head right and he gets his body right. I, I really think he's a, he's a people mover. He's very easily able to redirect people against their will. He likes to finish in the run game. So he adds a component that the offensive line just hasn't had since the days of like, you know, like Kyle Long and like you go back a little bit further, like Olin, guys like that. So a little bit of nasty that this offensive line needs. I think Braxton Jones is a serviceable piece, but I don't think that he would prevent me from considering a potential upgrade at left tackle. And then on the flip side, there's three guys. One of them is kind of going to be an obscure one. I think that the Bears have found something in Josh Blackwell. I really think that this kid not only is he an excellent special teams player, he has been forced to. And I know they shut him down for this weekend's game. He played a little bit in nickel cornerback, and he made some plays over the last couple of weeks. I was like, hey, wait a second, this might be a, you know like a, a nice little find by the because he's undrafted kid, I believe probably him over from the Eagles practice squad maybe so he's the one that stood out to me um, Jack Sanborn before he got hurt is another one that I think you could say another feather in the cap of the the, the scouting department and then I, I think Kyler Gordon has been you know on a, a really high ascension over the last couple of weeks I know Jaquan Brisker was the focus over the first half of the season I think Kyler Gordon has made some massive strides over the last couple of weeks he's playing with confidence he's not giving up as many you know long plays as he has in the past he seems to be trusting his eyes and his reads now. So those are a few players that have really stood out to me as under the radar. This Blackwell kid I think is actually going to be a pretty good player.
1: Dan, how would you evaluate this coaching staff? Um, Again, if you acknowledge that the roster is bottom five roster, and I'm trying to be generous here, then that's also something that you have to consider when you are evaluating the coach that he's working with a bottom five roster. But overall – as a rookie head coach in the, in this league and his group of assistants, how would you evaluate the, the Bears coaching staff this season?
0: Yeah, there there have been moments. I'm not overly. I'm not like, oh man, they totally got it right with Eberflus in this group. So just to kind of make that like my, my my going in like to to what I'll, I'll further elaborate on. I think that he's been a good culture changer. I think he's a leader, and I think that um, he is steadfast in his football principles, which I think guys kind of respect and they like. He's steady when it comes to, hey, he's not changing the goalposts, so to speak. It's like this is consistently what the standard is. The standard's the standard. You're going to meet it or you're not, and your playing time's going to suffer when you don't. And so I'd say the one thing that has concerned me throughout this year is I know that they don't have the players for it their run fits on defense have been poor and I'm not sure if that's a matter of um, you know just just pure talent or how it is that they fit the run but if you go back early in the season you guys remember the Giants game and how the Giants basically ran the same play like six times in two series and scored two touchdowns off it Mm -hmm. they have had a lot of little assignment and alignment things that have just popped up in the run defense all season that make me think that there's something not right with how they're fitting or approaching the run game so that's one thing that's been you know quite concerning to me throughout the season and the other is for is like fundamental is like you know he seems to be in it how many times have we seen guys not touch guys down it just happened in the Lions game this past weekend too it's like you have to touch a person this is in college they're not down by contact it's like there's just been little moments like that where when I think about what they're teaching in practice why doesn't that translate a hundred percent of the time onto the field so uh, I, that those parts have been concerning to me the biggest pluses I would say is I think Luke Guts you can see this his going in game plan to games is good. You know, the first drive against the Lions was impressive. They marched all the way down the field and they scored a touchdown. And I think they have 11 first drive scoring drives. So clearly he's preparing the teams well. But then, you know, the talent part kicks in and, like, you know, like reality sets in. And then on the defensive side, the Bears have been a better team in the second half. So that shows me that they are able to make in game adjustments. You just want to be a little bit tighter going into those games. So I'd say some encouraging. Some discouraging, but all in all, I think that the biggest thing for me has been the culture change that Ebert Boos has been able to bring in.
3: Dan Durkin joining us here on Waddle and Sylvie Mellor And for Sylvie today. Dan, is there anything that can be gleaned from Chase Claypool's season here so far? Or do you? we just need to wait to give him a whole off season to kind of ingratiate himself into this offense and figure things out?
0: You you hope so. I mean, you really hope so. Now, when you think about what that pick is going to be, that's effectively a first round pick. It's going to be number thirty two, right? Because right. the Dolphins right. pick it it one. Yeah, they yeah. get one. It, it will, will be yeah. a first round pick, exactly. And so, like that's that's I really. I, I think it's a miss, guys. I, I'm not going to lie. Mm. I, I think it's a miss, um just from the, the the opportunity cost that you've now given up as a result of that. And Tom, I know that you and I have talked a little bit about this off the air. I'm still not convinced that that profile or that body type or archetype whatever word you want to use to describe it of receiver is what Justin needs and I'll elaborate on that. So he's a big body guy, big targets, you know, can you know can in theory post people up and yeah. win in contested situations, all of those types of things. I don't think that that's what Justin needs. If you go back to when he was successful at Ohio State, he had Garrett Wilson, he had Chris Olave. So these are smaller, shiftier precise route runners that can break leverage at the top, and now all of a sudden there is huge separation. So you bring in these big-body long striders, and Keel Heary, Byron Pringle, Chase Claypool, they're not getting open soon enough, so that's why you see Justin sitting back there in the pocket, but he did well with Darnell Mooney. So I think that the, the, the personnel the department really needs to take a hard look at the type of player that they're bringing in, because I don't think it's the right type for Justin as a quarterback. That's not to say Chase Claypool couldn't be a number three on your team. I just do not think he's going to live up to the draft capital that they gave up. Is, is
1: that player. because, Dan, because you, and maybe this is something that he improves on. I mean, listen, he's been in the league for two years. And all young quarterbacks will go through different stages, that he's not, an, at this stage, not an anticipatory thrower, and he's reluctant to throw the ball into tight windows, so you better find guys that can create greater separation instead of guys that you just throw at and you trust them because they've got a body advantage over the defensive back.
0: Exactly. That's exactly what I'm getting at. Is And I, I think that um, right now he is not exactly that, what you're talking about. He's not an anticipatory. He's getting closer to throwing at the top of a break, but you want a guy to know that, hey, I know when, you know, receiver X hits, hits the top of his break, this is how he accelerates out. So the ball's out now before he's, you know, whatever he's converting his route into a post or a corner or go, whatever it is. I, I know that I don't need to wait to see him make that move before the ball is releasing. So I think that when you talk about guys who are able to separate and when with their feet rather than women with their physicality, that to me is the type of athlete that I think is going to do well with Justin. So guys who are going to be able to create that separation earlier and allow him to have a cleaner picture of how the coverage is unfolding and where the route's going to go from there. So I would really like to see them prioritize guys who are, number one, great, better at creating separation, but just quicker, smaller profile, a wide receiver, I think is going to go a longer way for this team.
3: So to recap, Dan Durkin, less Ch- Chase Claypool types and more Valus Jones Jr. types? He oh, says, boy. Not, right? not, that, no. not there. Not there.
0: No. If you need another kick returner, a <laughs> returner maybe. But, yeah, not, I think that they're good. I think that Valus was a special teams pick. Is that kind of how I would conclude that? But, uh, you know, we talked about Valus in the first time. I agree with you. But, yeah. Dan,
3: doesn't that feel yeah. like grasping at straws after his rookie season if we're already dubbing him as a spe- like, yeah, he's had a few nice returns. But we – but – Honestly, third you know. round pick, was it? Yeah, third third, his first offensive player. First pick, you know, yeah. it feels like, and I agree with you, you know, in that assessment, but boy, after less than one year to feel like that's where you're at with him, that does feel like a miss as well.
0: Yeah, no, there's no doubt about it, especially when you look at the players that were taking, taking right around him. I think uh, the, the Seahawks found their right tackle of the future, they, literally the next pick of the draft. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you, you have to start evaluating those types of things. And for Vailis, like right after he was drafted, I was on with, with Tom and Mark. He ran such a limited route tree in, in, in college. You know, he was, he was kind of like a, you know, like an RPO guy for them, running a lot of slants and a lot of go routes. And Tom, I know you can attest to this, wide receiver is a very technical position to play in the NFL. You really need to understand coverage and how does my route adjust? Where do I have a conversion? All, all these different things, that's a lot for people to process, especially at the highest level of competition. And so I just did not see enough from him in the opportunities he was given that makes me feel warm and fuzzy about him being a contributor at wide receiver next season.
1: So I kind of circle back, Dan. Um, you know, like again, I think we all agree, they made the right decision in their approach to this year. They traded Robert Quinn. They traded uh, Roquan Smith. They, they moved on from Khalil Mack. They tore this thing down to the studs. Based on this conversation, like with Chase Claypool and Velas Jones and some of the other issues, where is... And again, like this is so very early. It hasn't even been a full year. So I, I, I want to be as open-minded as humanly possible, but I don't want to be blinded. And Correct. so where is your comfort level with regard to Ryan Pace and Ian Cunningham and Pulse. their... Ryan Poles, Jesus! I mean, at some we point all stop all time, I, I'll just stop doing it. At some point, where is your confidence level that Ryan Poles and Ian Cunningham and their group can actually find the right pieces to this puzzle with all they have to work with going forward, with some of this on their record already?
0: Yeah, I'm skeptical. You know, and I think everybody, you know, like I'm, I'm optimistic in the, in, in this sense. He had a plan. He executed it, and now, Tom, it's no excuses, from my right. point of view. I agree, with for, for Tom. My, there, there are no more excuses. You cleared out the deck. You got yourself in a situation where you are in an advantageous salary cap position. You're sitting potentially at the very top of the draft. You'll be drafting at the top of every round of the draft except for the second round. So now I, I commend him for saying, like, look, We are ripping this down to the studs. I know, Matt, it's going to be painful for you to deal with this in your first year in the league, but just I've got a plan. Let me execute it. I'm encouraged by some of the additions that were made on the defensive side of the ball with some of the early picks, so that gives me some optimism. On the offensive side, I just don't have that same feeling simply because In totality, when you look at all of the acquisitions that were made on offense, really the only one that I feel good about was Braxton Jones. And so like when you you think about all the other swings that were taken, that's concerning. But again, like you, I want to give him the benefit of the doubt. He's now put it in a situation where it's all on him. So there are truly no excuses left for him because he has cleared the decks. He has everything lined up for his vision to be enacted. Let's see what it looks like. Yeah.
3: Dan Durkin, let me get you out of here on this. Devin Hester named a finalist amongst the 15 for the Hall of Fame next uh, next year. Would you champion Devin's cause in Canton?
0: A hundred percent. I mean, do you guys remember how bad those offenses were back when Devin was playing? Like, it was, I, I felt bad for Lance and Charles and for Brian and all those guys because you were so excited that Devin had a chance to, you know, flip the field and score every time. But then they were right back out there on the field because he was so dynamic as a kick and a punt returner. So when you think about somebody who so drastically changed the complexion of every game and every theoretical change of possession. I mean, nobody's done it better. There have been some very, very good ones. Don't get me wrong. I've seen some really good kick returners. Dante Hall, Brian Mitchell. You know, there's been some really good Darren Sproles. But Devin's in an entirely different stratosphere from my perspective. Todd Crib. I'm sorry, Joshua Cribbs, the guy that was with, that was with the Browns. Mm-hmm. I think Devin is just so head and shoulders above that entire group. So yes, I would wholeheartedly endorse him.
3: Great stuff, Dan. Awesome. I appreciate it, man. Happy New Year, guys, Dan. Take
0: care. Happy New Year. Be well, guys.
3: That is Dan Durkin. He joins Waddle and sylvie every thursday at this time i'm jeff meller in for sylvie the bulls what snapped the net streak their Who? win
1: streak Who? the bulls oh you're gonna break it down for me tell me what went right i was gonna ask you to do that i will do that All for right, you we will do that next
2: listen to us now
0: live on the espn chicago app listen to the show in hd at 100.3 hd2 fm Listen now on ESPN 1000. This is Waddle and Sylvie, ESPN Chicago. Chicago's home for sports.
1: You have this song on your playlist? I do not. Is Aha uh-huh or somebody? I don't think this is Aha. Uh-huh.
2: Who is it? This is Machine Gun
1: Kelly, I think. Yes, that Machine Gun thought. Kelly. Yeah. Does he need to do it all with all the tattoos on his face and everything? He's got a lot of things, yeah, yeah right? Yeah, Kendra's that's one of them. But yeah. me. I mean, how else would I describe that him? was it down? <laughs> good point, Kendra. Well played. <laughs> like, could you
3: be well well, a little yeah. more
1: specific? Well, I mean, that's good. Okay, yeah, no, you're no, right. It was a good. It, I, I wasn't I, I'm he impressed by dating yeah. uh, Megan, Megan Fox. Megan Fox. Yeah. Look at you. Bro, look, look at you. Yeah. I yeah. redeemed myself. Damn. <laughs> Young person alert. <laughs> t no, whistle no, 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 in the not house. Me, not, me, not me, my young person alert over here. <sighs> I can't wait to my daughters. They're not listening, but if they were, they would call me tonight on the way home, Dad. You How about think this? you're really
2: smart, don't you? I'll send you that little clip, and you can send that to them. How about that? No, yeah, no. no,
1: no. <laughs> the one where, start it with where I'll he goes. <laughs> Isn't this aha? Yeah. <laughs> Well, I was
2: just goofing on that. I didn't know. I didn't know who this was. Like that, I think Carmen fumbled that one before too, and I don't think anyone called him out for it.
1: What well. is Machine Gun Kelly's genre of music? It's like pop, modern oh, it pop. Is pop. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is he like Justin Bieber? Is he a Bieber? Is he a Bieber um, type? No, it's like it's more of like a modern like pop punk. Well, yeah. Aha was like that years
1: ago, right? Sure. Kind of? Sure. Take on me? Yeah, they, I never Kind of? Mm. No. Mm. I
3: don't
0: think a it it, bad example.
1: Yeah, I don't think they ever
3: Are would you a really big be. Machine Gun Kelly fan? I'm not, but I'm not I don't, I don't think don't I've think ever
1: th- heard a song of his other than the one I just heard.
3: Yeah, I know I've heard. I'm not you, being judgmental, think, I'm just saying I have I not think, I think you've probably heard Machine Gun Kelly but you're you are probably not yeah. aware that it's Machine Gun, give Gun Kelly. Give me
2: another. Can you give Honestly, me another? Honestly, they one? all sound like that. So if you heard one, you've heard them all. Like is <laughs> he making tons of money off of that stuff? Oh yeah. Yeah uh-huh well, he's not doing it just to kill time
1: no, i get it i'm just saying like some artists are more successful than others
3: yeah i think he's doing pretty well for himself okay
1: i didn't know yeah is he still dating megan fox yeah, see that, like you guys don't, don't have any information so. either what are you, doing? Still, you peppered us with questions <laughs> well, and we gave you a response and then i, I responded hey, with i know who he's dating
3: megan fox announces she's quote seeking a girlfriend and fiance machine, fiance machine gun Kelly has thoughts. So, so are they so like adding right? to, Are adding to the family? This is according to the Pink News. Where the Pink News? You know what? I don't
1: even. I'm not going. Anywhere. You,
3: you're not a subscriber, it's, huh?
1: I'm not. Nor do I want to ask any further questions about this.
3: Yeah, she put it up on Instagram. Uh, Megan Fox. To each their own. You do however you want to do. Megan Fox put up on Instagram. Uh, Is this like is a help wanted ad? Currently seeking a. It's this is what she posted. Currently seeking a girlfriend. Please submit applications in the DMs. Come
1: on, is is that real? Come look right here. I'm I'm good, I'm good. I'd rather give you an explanation for. This is this is Megan Fox. I know this is right here.
2: Okay,
3: her saying, currently seeking. So she goes
1: on Twitter or is that Instagram? Instagram. Instagram. Yes,
3: Yes, much better. What's
1: more popular? Instagram? Kids, I, I, I know my kids are
3: on So I think, I think, I think Twitter
2: has more users, but, but Instagram, Instagram has has, probably has less. I got you. Um, Although I think Instagram is starting to decline a little bit in popularity. Like me and a, a couple of my friends, we use Instagram less and less now. So what's, what's the impetus for that? Any reason? I don't know. It's just like I, I, I just don't care. I think like <laughs> I don't care to see people's pictures as much yeah, as I used you, to. You've, you've, you've hit the saturation Snapchat is out of the universe oh, at this point okay. for me. But I know that is like kids don't kids don't text. They Snapchat yeah. each other. Like, it, d- Literally
3: last night, my daughter uh, requested more time for Snapchat.
1: What do you mean? Like she does she have She's to put got in requests? yeah, we are pretty oh, okay.
3: yeah, we try and keep their Okay their social media usage to very minimal. And so she So is,
1: is Megan Fox still dating Machine Gun Kelly? Her are fiance. they still together? Her okay, fiance, Machine so, okay. Gun Kelly. So, so, all right. so
3: I'm gonna go out on a limb and say yes, all they right. probably are. Excellent. So
1: I wish them well. Yeah.
3: Continued success she, to Mr. Kelly. I enjoyed her in uh This Is Forty. Megan Fox. Was she
1: in This Is 40? I'm pretty yeah. sure, right? Wasn't she the... Wasn't she originally in 90210? No. No? What was she in? I thought she was in Nine Hundred Two. No. 90210, well, she... 10, was. She's... she was engaged to Brian Austin Green for a long time, wasn't okay. she? that might be... He what was in me? 90210. And like, listen, I know more than I think
2: I know. Wow, the love doctor, Tom Waddle. Yeah. You know that? <laughs> I like that. Kendra's you know got a
3: nice nickname. Yeah. T-Wizzle over here. The love doctor, Tom Waddle. Um, should we... Should we
1: yeah, Touch let's on the get Bulls. the hell out of here. Wherever yeah. we are right now, abort, let's, let's get abort. out of here. Hit let's the eject
3: button. Here. All right, we're going to eject on the Hollywood gossip and move back to something we feel a little bit safer talking about. I mean, listen, I'm not
1: a whole lot more dialed into the, the Bulls. NBA. I mean, listen, I'm a huge fan. but So the Bulls last night snapped the
3: Brooklyn Nets 12-game win streak, and they win by nine. And they,
1: they had that one... In hand, it seemed like, for most of the game. Yeah, they, they played were. really well. I mean, like, you and I were having this conversation. I, neither one of us... Nobody's going to confuse you and I for sitting down and we're Mike Breen and, and Jeff Van Gundy, right? Correct. Like, they're not going to confuse us. I'm Jeff like, Meller, not Jeff Van Gundy. And I'm not Mike Breen. I'm Tom Waddle. Yes. So, like, but... Like we watch a lot of basketball, <laughs> and like we were having this. Well, so what? These Bulls are so frustrating, and, and Tyler nice. sends the text that um, what do you call it? A stupid win? It's the dumb win. What? The, explain Bo- the Bulls yourself. just get
2: dumb wins. Like explain that. So they, like they're eight and one against the top teams right. in the in the Eastern Conference right now, and they're dumb wins because they have too many dumb losses. The loss to the Rockets. They, they dumb lose. All the, I get that. Why yes. is this a dumb win? Because it's the one that kind of ropes you back in, makes you think there's a little bit of hope, but before the, you know the, it, the they're win gonna isn't go, dumb. You're dumb if you get roped. I guess in. I am. Dumb. maybe right. maybe i'm not the you dumb you personally one. Yes. i'm
1: just saying in general if you're roped back in at this point that dumbness is on you and it's not on the outcome of the it's game it's one of
2: those things where it doesn't make sense how you can be this good against the top of the league and this bad against the bottom of the league like there's no identity it feels like to this team aside from right. they play to their competition okay i would All say right. go ahead
3: Okay. Okay. I'm going to completely derail the uh, whole conversation. Did you get a text from? Yeah, Danny. Danny alerted me. Danny Zetterman, our director of content. Did he not alert me? He had, no, you're not. Oh, am yeah, I? So apparently, I was not aware of this. Megan Fox
2: has a toe thumb. Did you guys what? know this? I didn't know that, but I think don't they also drink each other's blood too?
1: They definitely do.
2: <laughs> what is
1: the benefit of that? <laughs>
2: What, I, like, I don't, don't be it's, weird and different okay to be like, one there's no with nutrients yeah. right there's
1: no benefit from it physically water, right uh, no right? i probably I don't think like, so like, you're a vampire right isn't that what you are
3: yes i think so like traditionally that's, what, that's, that's what you are okay, you're a vampire so i'm looking toe at images thumbs? toe thumb megan let me Fox, ask you a question
1: let me ask you a question would that be a reason why you would you would sever the relationship waddle that sounds like you're playing deal breaker to me Cappie okay. J Hood. Right? I don't want to I've call it deal, deal breaker because
3: that's copyrighted. No, I, I think we're giving them proper accreditation okay. here. Okay, playing a quick round of toe deal breakers. Megan Fox got Megan toe Megan Fox thumb. has a toe thumb. Is that a deal breaker?
1: No, it wouldn't be. No, <laughs> theoretically. Well, it's it's what, in, what in that reality. Is, my goodness, is that uh, Danny? Is you were talking just, about being judgmental? I don't know if he was just making a statement or he was making a statement. I mean, it sounds making like, a statement with a with an insinuation. Like, but OK, like she's
3: a toe thumb. Sure, she's attractive, but she's got a toe thumb deal breaker.
1: That's weird. Yeah, it's a weird. What, what's what? weird? That's a weird the de- interjection. The, the toe thumb. I think it's well, one no, of those things just where that Danny decided to, you know, we <laughs> hope all, Danny's feeling better. all the things that all, all the things, on. yeah, He's Danny like, would say, hey, guys, by the way. Oh, you know what? I just figured it
3: out. I know why. So, um, well, you're not going to share. I could. I mean, well, I, no. I, I not think, if you can't
2: get that he, far down the line and now not share. Okay,
3: fair enough. Here's what happened. He enjoyed us venturing off into the Megan Fox machine gun Kelly conversation, and then we stared it in back into Bear, bulls talk. So he decided I to steer yes, us back into, into the, the conversation thumb, from a distance. Okay. Yes. And I do you have a
1: picture of the toe thumb? Yeah, I've yes. got
3: one in front of me. Yeah. yeah. So is it bad? Deal I mean, breaker.
1: Deal breaker. I,
2: I mean, breaker. if
3: this is a deal breaker, you're going to be. Wow,
1: that is kind of. Tyler,
3: a- if this is a deal breaker for you, you're going to be living a lonely life, my friends. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but if that's it, if that's what it what it, Kendra, toe that thumb. looks severe though. It looks
1: bad. It, the but, picture but, we saw looks. It bad. does, but like how? I mean, come on. You and I, you've and you been married for over 25 years, right? 25 years? I've been married almost 30. 32 oh, years.
3: Okay, sorry. Well, I'm not wrong. You're you've right. been married yes, over, been 25 over 25 years. years. I didn't yeah. want to shoot your too high. My wife does not have toe thumbs. I, well, here's the thing, though. If
1: she did have a toe thumb, it would not change. She would be your wife? No, it would not change That's our situation. Yes. No.
3: yes, I've been married to my wife for over 14 years. And toe thumb? No toe thumb. But honestly, I don't know how often I look at her hands anymore. I don't know. I don't think it's a daily occurrence. Do you? Do you make her wear gloves? I don't. I don't. No. But like, how often do you look at your wife's? What after? I don't not look at my wife's hands. Neither do I. But what I'm saying is, I can't honestly tell you that I go every day and and am like looking over my wife's
2: hands. Okay, but think back to when you were like 22, 23. Mm -hmm. That's a fair statement. Would it be
1: more of an? Would it have more of an impact on you as at that point you were younger, more immature, completely completely superficial, and and totally superficial? Yes, absolutely, probably. But
3: I think this is where our wisdom comes into play, right, Waddle? Would you agree? Uh, with like a, a strong, strong word. I'm just beaten down to this okay, point. Okay, fine. Whoa, whoa, <laughs> wait, wait a second. What,
1: what do you mean beaten down? It's just another day in no. the old steel mill for you. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you just described. Almost 32 oh. years of blissful marriage. You just you just described it as another day in the old steel mill. What the? <laughs> boy, <you> get <laughs> just, used to being just, single for a long time, uh, my said, friend. Yeah. With tact
2: like Can't that, wait. <sighs> oh
1: boy! You know what? We need to put it. We need to put a camera on him as he goes out. I, I, I see I just, more I love lines.
3: Looking at look, Tyler, looking over the surveying the scene, <laughs> looking at toe
1: thumbs. <laughs> yeah, across. let me see your hands. Yeah. You're out. <laughs> Take your shoes off. Oh, you're out too. Ah oh, man. <laughs> Another day at the old steel mill. Really? <laughs> That's so, horrible. I think
3: I'm gonna you should you know what? You should jot that one down for your vows, Tyler. Just just for future, so you don't forget it. Signing on for a lifetime yeah. of afternoons at can't the wait. old
2: steel mill. Cut that one up when for I myself. Punch,
3: when I punch into work at the old steel mill, I can't wait. I hope you're gonna be Yeah, get that
1: one all ready to go. I, I, are you going to call home, call mom or dad and ask them how, you know, to the day at the I, steel I was, mill was was. The how, was the day, how was the day at the steel mill, guys? <laughs> Pounding out that iron? Yeah. Like,
2: what, are you the product of a loveless marriage yourself? I mean, what kind of no, nonsense no, is that? no. I'm just uh, saying you don't, you're not in the mind of like a 25 year old anymore. You're more a mature. Year
1: you're old looking to, at marriage okay, as an afternoon at the old steel
3: do, mill. Do you think, do you think that's why Megan Fox is with Machine Gun Kelly? Cause she had to settle because everyone else is like, no, sorry, Megan Fox. You've got those. Yeah, toe thou- who, who's going to, who's
2: going to take the toe thumb and drink my blood. Tattoos.
3: Yeah. Right. Yeah. She, she just, she can't land anyone better
1: because of that toe thumb. Right. Deal breaker. Am I right, though? She was engaged to Brian Austin Green from uh, 90210? Has has about
2: three kids with them as well. Oh, really? Yes.
1: About or actually three kids? (laughs) About.
2: (laughs) I try not to keep up with Megan
1: Fox. (laughs) That makes four of us. (laughs) or Rather, maybe three of us. The dude back there who's afraid of the old steel mill probably has posters on his ceiling. How oh, about Dimbo? How about Dimbo going to go all the way this year?
3: No, they're not. No, she they're has not. exactly
2: three kids. I was right. Okay. Exactly three Well, no, kids. exactly
3: three. Not about. That's that's critical. That's, that's Mommy, all.
2: are you still drinking Machine Gun
1: Kelly's blood?
3: <laughs> yes, with my toe thumb. I want to go home. I'm Meller in for Sylvie today on Waddle and Sylvie. Should we continue talking about the Bulls, or should we move? To no, Ty- I would.
1: I would like. To, I'd like. I'd Bulls like combo. to give you my explanation. I have. Okay. I have an explanation for All why right. the Bulls beat the Nets last night. No, I will we'll do do that. It's almost as simple as Tyler's explanation for Mary. We'll no more that. thinking on this show. We we'll, we'll, you already declared? We'll do that
3: next, and I will see if any other. My celebrities... answer
1: will 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 support your 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 statement right there.
3: Any other celebrity toe thumbs next?
0: Waddle and Sylvie are back. Are back. Follow the show on Twitter, at Waddle and Sylvie, and at T Waddle 87. This is ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports.
3: I'm currently perusing an article on BuzzFeed. you are weird. 11 problems only people with toe thumbs understand. One is, is drinking others' blood. <laughs> that seems to be more of a deal-breaker than the actual toe-thumb for I me. Would,
1: yes, the toe-thumb is not a deal-breaker. Drinking someone else, the propensity or the desire to drink another's blood is something that would not sit well with
3: me. Yeah, that one would be a little... Deal-breaker? Can off, we all agree? Deal-breaker? Oh, yeah. Deal-breaker? Deal deal-breaker, deal-breaker? Definitely
2: deal-breaker. Yeah, yeah. Four
3: deal-breakers. Do you think now... So hey, now, bartender, four deal-breakers. This sounds to me one of the items that only people with toe thumbs understand, is you can kiss goodbye to ever winning a game of thumb war. Wow. I, I feel like that would be I think you're dropping a hammer on someone right. with that big that, thing. That was my initial thought, yeah. but maybe because we don't have a toe thumb, we don't understand. No, it looks stumpy. So you think... Like,
2: I think, yeah, it doesn't... You,
3: you'll yeah, never be once able to you get, get the can,
2: leverage. Once you get the leverage of the grip, though, it's over. Well, yeah, but good luck getting the leverage of the grip. Really? Yeah. Because well, it it's, it's From the
3: high point, you've got, you yeah. know, like...
2: The advantage. Well, then you got to have the... From the highlands. Yeah, well, if you, you got to you gotta work
1: the wrist then. you got to make sure that the wrist is supple and strong. Strong wrist. Yeah. Yeah, have a wrister. Good yeah. shot. Wrist shot, yeah. Yeah.
3: All right, so you were going to tell me how the Bulls beat the yeah, Nets really last night? it's
1: really simple. Like, I could give you this all, this long, drawn-out, you know, they played inside-out. They acknowledged that Vooch had a size advantage uh, against Claxton, I believe, who was on him. I think that they rotated a lot of guys on him trying to slow down Vooch. Vooch was good last night. Uh, they played smart. I thought they played some connected defense. I thought mm-hmm. everything looked, you know, pretty good. The effort was there. I could say a lot of nice things about them. Um, at the end of the day, what is the NBA about, though? And I'm breaking down the an NBA game like only I can. I got tw- it in 2023. Yeah, like, this is like NBA it's, breakdown. Well, for dummies. I've been told it's a make or miss league, Tab. Well, I mean, honestly, right. Like I'm going to give them credit for being connected on defense. They played. I thought. I thought that Zach, although they, you know, they didn't ask for him to be the guy that was, you know, leading them in scoring. I think he had 13 points. He was a willing participant on defense. Something that I thought he was. You could recognize very readily early in the season last year before the knee injury. Obviously, Patrick Williams played aggressively. Not only was he good defensively, as good as he could be on Kevin Durant, who still scored 44. But you know, look. You can still if it, if Patrick Williams had been less of a defensive player, he might have put sixty four on yeah, them. Yeah, for like, sure. Like I thought, Patrick or, or Williams 71. put 471 on them. But, but listen, to me at the end of the day, take nothing away from the Bulls. I guess I am taking something away from the Bulls. And again, I want to see them play, continue to play like this. Royce O'Neal, okay, mm-hmm. who is a this year. Is shooting? What is Roy shooting uh, this from year behind from the behind arc. the arc? He is, is a
3: forty-one and a half hmm. percent three-point shooter. He was zero for eight
1: yesterday. Yes. And what is Kyrie Irving shooting from behind the arc this year? That would be thirty-seven percent. But historically, a pretty good three-point shooter, mm-hmm. and leading up to this this matchup with the Bulls. Uh, where they had won 12 in a row. The game before against San Antonio, he had hit 4 of 5. And the game before that against Charlotte, he had hit 4 of 9. Prior to that, 5 of 11, 7 of 11, 3 of 7, 5 of 10. Let's just say over the month of December, he was shooting 42% yes. behind the arc.
3: Yes, and he was And shot yes.
1: 4 of 5 the game before against San Antonio. He was 1 of 8 from behind the arc. Mm-hmm. So collectively, two of their the guys that they rely on to hit Threes, O'Neal and Irving, were collectively one of sixteen from behind the arc. Do the math. One guy's a forty above forty percent, one's just below. Let's just say forty percent. Forty percent of sixteen is what? Forty percent of
3: sixteen is it's about six, six six threes. Yeah, five or six, yeah.
1: They hit one. Mm. What's the difference there? Five? Yes. So my point is, as I points. give them give them credit for how they played, I looked at that game and I saw two things. I saw the I want to see the Bulls play more like that, but I also saw a Nets team that missed their shots. One of 16. Is that being too rudimentary? Is that too basic? Is that too negative? Is that too whatever? Like, it much better than watching them do what they did against the Houston Rockets. Don't get me wrong. Much yes. better than what we saw them do against the Cleveland Cavaliers when they coughed up a big lead. I think... It's what the frustrating aspect of it is. That but move- when you ask me, well, they I, I look the thing that the win was great. They stopped a twelve game win streak from the from the Brooklyn Nets. I thought what you saw from Patrick Williams was really good. Mm-hmm. I thought what you saw from Vooch was really good. I thought Io played really hard, really well, and did some exciting things. I thought uh, Kobe White made a couple of clutch shots. So I was. Overall, very happy by I, what you know, I saw. But at so, the end of the day, if you ask me why they lost, it was they were 1-16, two guys from behind the three. You're right, but the Bulls are able to win this game in a
3: game where neither Zach Levine nor DeMar, DeMar DeRozan yes. really do anything out of the ordinary. In fact, I would say they actually did less than what you generally expect from both players. And so... For the Bulls to beat the Nets snap their win streak when they are coming in as one as the hottest team in the NBA, and also by the way, the Bulls have now moved to eight and one against the Nets, the Heat, the Bucks, and Celtics on the season. Very impressive against the better teams in the NFC, or the, NFC yeah. the, uh, the Eastern Conference. But that now means that they're nine and twenty against everybody else, and it yeah. just makes you wonder what you know. That's why I have. think Tyler calls it a dumb man. Yeah. But is it a dumb winner or are you just asking what the hell with all the losses to these subpar
1: teams? Right. Well, they suck you back in. I will agree with that with, with what Tyler is yeah. saying. Like, that's night was an impressive win. Mm-hmm. You know, again, Patrick Williams did some nice. He's twenty one. We've been we've been less than thrilled with what we've seen from Patrick Williams, but the kid is still. You know, I'm. Not sure. ready to, to tap out on him. Of course yet. not,
3: especially after games like last night. It's let's let's get more consistency. Let's yeah, get I more I thought games they like played that.
1: smart. They played, you know, ball into Vooch, let either him do something or he kick it out, and they hit some threes. Like I thought it was a nice game for them to wa- to win. But I don't know. They're- I'm not thrilled at what the future holds for them still. In fact, I you know what I would say to you? When you start continuing to play like this, mm-hmm. maybe you're raising your trade value. <laughs> Some of them.
2: No? Well, I mean, no. are, are you? I think or, you're then if, less inclined to, to make the move. Well, there you go. I, I, are, you,
1: are you going to buy into that there's more of this to come? Or. See, the trade value. Who are they?
3: The trade value discussion is with where they're at right now, I feel like there's not a whole lot of incentive to really trade any of the key players on the roster. At least Zach Levine, that's for sure. DeMar DeRozan, you really going to get back anything of value that's going to help this well, franchise well, long-term? Okay,
1: but, you know, again, I get A all that. First you're 17-21 and 21 and you're the 10th seed, right? Or 11th. It's or unacceptable. The seed. That is unacceptable when you're 8-1 and one against the better so, teams in so the East. So who are they? Like, again, they I don't want to, to be, be the better. voice of, of, you know, they're 10th right now. They yeah. just pulled ahead
3: of the Wizards. I think it's abysmal underachievement is what it goes to show when you're capable of what you've done against the better teams in the Eastern <laughs> Conference to this point. They should be in that... You know, six, seven spot. It's not. Listen, it's not by any means a great
1: position to be at. Listen, for, for when an the NBA season franchise, began, I picked them as forty-one and forty-one. I'm no NBA expert, no, but I know. The, you know, this I was just, it was a team that felt like they were a five hundred team, and they would be hopefully a seven or eight seed, and they would stay out of the play-in. Well, it'd be nice to see something to build. Maybe on going you get forward. to the sixth seed and find yourself in the playoffs, and not having to. They to participate in the play-in.
3: They get the Seventy Sixers in Philly tomorrow night, and then uh, Utah back. Well, they've the never UC. beat Embiid. Yeah, I'm, uh, that's well. You know what? Let's so you think
1: that started. was just too rudimentary or too basic of a breakdown? Yeah. Like, listen, the Nets as good as they did and some they things. The make... Nets one of sixteen from O'Neal and, th- and, and Irving. No, I think it's
3: it's a it's a good underlying reason as to why they probably won that game. But again, it's not like Zach Levine and Demar Derozan were hitting, that, knocking down their shots, right?
1: So I think no, it counterbalanced. No, no, but but what happened was other guys made shots. They did. N- other guys didn't make shots, really. For I mean, Brooklyn. Seth Curry made some some threes for sure. But look, I'm just giving you. I got glass half full, glass half empty, and over the course of the first half of this season, you've had to choose where you're at. Mm-hmm. Are you energized by some of the moments where you see them beat the Boston Celtics twice or the Bucks, Bucks twice? Yeah. Or are, are you energized or? Stop being bad against then, bad teams. How right. Like, so where are you at with them? Stop that's why I'm bad, saying, like, I too. give you the good stuff from last. I also give you the reality is is two of their better three-point shooters were one of 16 combined. This is where I'm at. More good stuff, less bad. That's where I'm, that's my... You assumption. just broke it down. Thank really you. simple.
3: Yeah, two rudimentary for
1: you? No. You know, another three. day at the old, uh, what was it, steel, steel mill? mill? That's old what steel That's mill. what we do
3: here. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. Up next, we'll share with you Bears OC Luke Getze, what he had to say about Justin Fields' season, which is now over. And we'll also give you an update on Bill's safety, Damar Hamlin. We got some good news. We'll share that with you next year on ESPN 1000.